so we're going to be talking about Tenet. Very um, polarizing, controversial movie. Um, this is, of course, uh, Jason, Gill, and Matt. Not necessarily in that order. All went to film school together. All used to live together. All have watched far too movie, any movies together. And as is usually the case, or often the case, looks like we're going to have some perhaps uh, differing opinions about this movie. So take it away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah. So, um, and we were talking about. Yeah, so, so and you were talking about um, when you were watching the movie, you felt like that it was um, very Nolan-esque, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think when I was watching it, at least the first time, I was just trying to keep up. Yeah, I guess that would be a good entry into the discussion. Um, like, it's, it does feel like, um, I mean, I, this is like what I told Matt, like when I first commented on his um, um, review, and and I told him that in a way I feel like that the whole movie is one huge ham sandwich. Like uh, it's almost as if Nolan made decided to just make the quintessential like Nolan movie, even though I feel like he's been doing that same movie again and again and again with different variations. But I do feel like this one was almost like an exercise, uh, like in the same token as like you know like like uh, David Lynch doing. Um, uh, what was the 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 one that he did the uh, um, uh, Inland Empire? You oh, know, okay. like the, the the type of movie that like, I mean, he's not late in his career like David Lynch was when he made that. But like, it, it almost feels like after like these directors make a certain movie, they almost like semi apologize for it or they semi say that it was more <laughs> yeah. of an exercise. <laughs> Even Hitchcock, same thing. I think Hitchcock had sure. a late movie. Uh, I don't know which one it was. Um, but he also kind of said that it was like an exercise, like a, uh, a filmmaking exercise versus like yeah. an honest piece of work. So this, or this, uh, I'm sure. Entirely the same thing, but kind of similar in the way that like uh, Spike Lee talks about, um, you know, Inside Man, since it was a very like commercially successful and very accessible one of his movies. He calls it like his white movie. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, they give themselves a pass, whether it's because the movie is successful or not, what or just like? different from what they usually do. They'll yeah. they'll call it like um, I remember Gus Van Sant. Didn't he make like a, a a remake of Psycho or something? And they also yeah. called that yeah. like a, it was like a film exercise because it was so bad that like you know they yeah. it's like a semi apology. I, 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 saying that it was bad is being too generous. I mean, it, it was an abortion. I mean, it, it was. Uh, I, I mean, it, it was shot for shot psycho only in color, and you saw Anne Hesh's butt crack. I mean, that that's literally. Is that bad? <laughs> what? Is, is Anne Hesh's butt crack a bad thing? I, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I'm just stating a fact. Okay. <laughs> it was just not necessary is what he's saying. <laughs> no, but, yeah. I, but I, get, I get that for sure, that argument, because it's um, because it's kind of like having a sequel to a movie that's either unnecessary or is not in the spirit of the original with that Psycho remake. It's it's a remake, and, and it loses the whole point of the movie. Like it yeah. was black and white because of the red blood. It was, you know, all these things yeah, that it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I personally feel like, so let me know what you guys think. I personally feel like that it's, this is not it. Like that I, I believe that 
that this is Nolan just being himself, and um, and he is working within a, a, a genre that he was always interested in because he was he always wanted to make a Bond movie. So this was yeah. kind of like his version of a Bond yeah. movie, but he like can that. take it much further than any Bond movie because it's his shtick, like he did with Inception, in right. a way. Um, so I do feel like it's just him doing another reiteration of himself, uh, only it's 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 taken to the extreme and and i feel like there's been uh, in the last few movies and i've been happy about this because ever since inception and dark knight rises i felt like he's kind of losing it like he's doing all these commercial movies for the sake of being commercial and he's not being adventurous but then all of a sudden there was interstellar pretty adventurous and then there was like um um Dunkirk, very adventurous especially the storytelling style so so and and even here it's it it felt like he was going to take a step back, but I feel like he actually took a step forward. So mm. I think he keeps alienating some of his like commercial like yeah. fan base. But I think a lot of people like me and others that got into him because of Memento, because of, you know, right. um, uh, those type of movies uh, is like, oh, he's back. Like, you know, we didn't lose him to the masses. Yeah. Like he, he still wants to make these interesting movies. Um, and uh, and he's willing to take that risk, so that's what I think. But let me know what you well, think. Well, Matt, um, I know that your overall take would definitely be more or less summed up as negative. Uh, th- that would be accurate. Um, what would you say is the the gist of of your your feelings on this? Like your 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 argument, perhaps. Um, I. It, Did the movie fail? I, I uh, uh, in terms of uh, using the metric, uh, did I come out of the movie feeling satisfied in any way, shape, or form? Yes, it failed. Ah. Um, I, I am still monumentally pissed that I didn't get to work IMAX projection on it. You know, I, I, I worked IMAX projection on Dunkirk, so I got to watch it, you know, as many times as I wanted. And I did watch it like five or six times in the theater. Uh, In addition to how many times I saw it just from the booth. And I feel like Tenet probably would have been uh, a monumental cynegasm on the IMAX screen. And I finally just gave in and watched it, you know, on my TV because that was where it was. Um, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you go any further. So the first and perhaps only time that you saw the movie was at home? Yes. Do you feel that the colossal letdown of not being able to do Tenet, even though, as uh, some people may not know, um, you were more or less about to do uh, the IMAX job, as you said, the gig, um, going from that high down to not even seeing it in the theater, do you? how much of your overall negative opinion do you blame on the uh the conditions of your first viewing because personally i feel like that stuff makes a massive impact on you uh, honestly i would say very little um 
I, I think that it would have been a better experience, but um, a bigger screen and seeing 70 millimeter film, you know, projected through uh, a 15,000 watt Xenon projector lamp. Uh, it doesn't change the fact that the main character is just kind of like not even a character. It, it, it doesn't change the fact that uh, you know the action set pieces in which is supposed to be kind of an action movie. You know, okay, well they've got guys you know climbing up a, a skyscraper. Okay, compare that to Mission Impossible Fallout when you've got a fifty-eight-year-old actor doing a fucking Halo jump. You know, I mean, right, it's right. just. Um, right, well, I, okay, so, but like, what else did not work for you? Um, oh, wait, but but actually, let's 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 pause there for a moment because it's it's a good point actually. Um, just to like keep the back and forth. Um, I, I do think uh, the the fact that you didn't get the projectionist uh, projectionist gig for that. Um, it's, it's too bad because because I wonder if your opinion of it and and we'll hear your the rest of your take on the specifics but like uh, if if there was ever a movie that you should project and see five six seven times uh, in the theater this was it because a lot of people say that like it's the type of movie where uh, even though movies shouldn't be you know like designed this way but it's the type of movie that the more you watch it the more you you kind of figure out what's going on there. Because it, it does make sense. It's just that on a first viewing, especially if you don't get with it, it can easily lose you. And, and I totally understand that, especially because it's a popcorn movie, it's an action movie. So if, if an action movie is um, you're not connecting with, it, it kind of gets like, you know, boring very quickly. Because you, like you said, you've seen so many action sequences that, that's yeah. never going to dazzle you. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's unfortunate that like that didn't happen, and I wonder if that would have benefited. But I'll say I, I agree that like the screen size doesn't yeah. matter. I actually started this on my laptop in the bath, and luckily when I told I I saw the first first 40 minutes and luckily when I told my wife that I was um, starting it, it was like no 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 I, I, I wanted to start it and I was like oh but it's an action movie yeah but it's got the whole like time travel thing so so luckily we restarted the movie on the like the the 80 inch projector screen and that's where I watched it from start to finish which I you know again like I said I watched so many movies on my laptop for necessity so I don't think that would change that changed my reaction to it but I'm glad we we did that um, okay, but now, so, you know, we can yeah, go on I, 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 one, one thing that I want to make clear is I went into the movie wanting it to be the best movie that I ever see, that I ever saw. Right. Sure. Uh, I, 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 I mean, I, I wanted to be, uh, I wanted it to be this thing that I could just say, you know what, Falchi, fuck you, you took this away from me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it to be that, and it just wasn't that. And yeah. I, 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 I was trying to make it that throughout the entire viewing process. I wanted to like see Kenneth Branagh and right. think like, "Geez, this is like him being the best bad guy that he's been since Iago in uh, the Othello." adaptation yeah. i wanted it to be uh you know this i i i 
I wanted it to be better than Inception, at least, and I don't think it's better than Inception. Uh, it really makes uh, less sense than Inception. Yeah, I mean, well, and, you know, one thing that I brought up in my review is that Christopher Nolan has been making movies for, you know, over 20 years now. Most of them still involve guns, and he still doesn't know how guns work. Um I somehow and 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 that baffles me. <laughs> uh, but trying to explain the rules. Huh? Yeah. I don't. I don't think in a movie where things are moving backwards, you can really, you know, like fault that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point, and maybe that's a good segue to like. Um to get deep deeper into that stuff to like the differences um because because like we said it's like we said in the beginning it's i thought like it was one big ham sandwich and let's face it a lot of like stuff in his movies i don't think any of his movies are like flawless even the dark knight like i've pointed out many times there's like flaws in the plot and everything but it works so well it's why the hitchcock came up with that because it works so well in the moment um as as you know to like um suspend your belief enough to to enjoy the ride because because certain things especially time travel is is almost unsolvable like it's almost impossible to uh to get it right if you want to make it as exciting or as uh cutting edge as possible um that you you have to like have the logic not make sense and if you want we can get to that in the end uh like what doesn't make sense here but, but um but, it's actually pretty simple but but yeah but um <laughs> but yeah but 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 you let's let's go back to that so you said like the character wasn't interesting right that was a, a big thing story wise yeah. um and uh and then the uh, the set pieces were not amazing like i mean and there's some cool stuff in there like the i mean it's kind of cool it's kind of reminds me of like i don't know if it was snatch or lock stock and two barrels um uh the um the sequence with the uh with the car you know like on the freeway when yeah. he ends up colliding with his past or with his future that was mm-hmm. pretty cool that reminded me of like uh, i think it was in snatch there was like that whole thing where like they, there's two timelines and the milk spilling on the the yeah, windshield yeah. of the car like collide together in that one they moment. collide together but they come from two different timelines so you see the milk spill but then you see it again later it's kind of cool so he did that with the freeway oh, yeah, sequence yeah. You're, you're, when you're talking about timelines you're saying like the way it was edited together in that movie it was edited together as if those two things are colliding um so yeah. you know no one did that in the freeway sequence which was kind of cool it was kind of nifty but but obviously that doesn't make or break a movie um so there's some fun stuff there that you wouldn't see in any like in a mission impossible movie per se uh but but i agree that like to me personally um and i'm sure you know this like as i've gotten older like i'm less and less interested in action it's really like mostly story that interests me um with all the um you know because there's no limit to what action can be done nowadays and and even if there's like some fancy things tom cruise does uh, that's cool but i i really without a story (laughs) I'm not going to go see stunts. Like uh, if I want to go see stunts, I don't need to go see a movie. I'll just go to like a circuit or, you know. So Um, so along the same lines of what you're talking about right there, um, personally, I felt like numerous moments throughout this movie were really spectacular. 
several of the heist type things that they were doing were done really, really well. But I will agree that, um, well, I don't think I'd go as far as to say what Matt says in that the his character didn't really have a character or personality of any kind or whatever. I feel like what what was there was fairly subtle and we didn't have enough, in my opinion, in the first, let's say, third of the movie or so to really like get to know him because everything's happening so fast and moving from one set piece to the next so quickly. Um, I, I feel like, and maybe this would have unraveled the whole thing and maybe it would have made the whole thing suck. I don't know, but something about the first four or five scenes, um, everything through the opera house scene and, um, and through the, um, through to the stuff where he's, um, he, gets in that car and drives and, and um, gets to the, the exposition scene where they're shooting the bullets and everything um, all the way through that stuff. I feel like if there wasn't so much going on in the movie, there would have been time to show us something, just some sort of couple of scenes that would have given us a little bit more backstory to his motivation and like a little bit more backstory, to like what kind of a person he was, how the hell he ended up, with this organization that's like, you know, doing these weird things, you know, and, and I, I don't need like a full on origin story or anything crazy like that, but just, I feel like there's something that would have benefited the movie if, um, and, and like you said, you know, you're talking about the action scenes. It's like every, every good action scene is made better when you care about the character. And I did care about him. I just, I, I just, I, I do agree with some of what Matt's saying about it. it, it it's, it's thin, you know, like there's so much going on. And I feel this is the same way with Kenneth Branagh's character. I feel like he's a very, you know, um, uh, simple villain with, with an understandable motivation, but a simple motivation. And I think the reason for that is it's such a complicated movie that it was probably a choice. It was probably like, let's not get too crazy with this because we already are asking the audience to endure so much, you know? The, 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 the simplest and most concise <clears throat> criticism of the movie, I think is just stating the simple fact that the main character is actually named protagonist. I, I, I mean, like, I mean, you look up, I, you look up the IMDb page, yeah, you know, I mean, he says in the movie, I'm the protagonist. He has protagonist. The, the line in the movie, I'm the protagonist. And yeah. all I could think of from then on was, you know, Red Letter Media or whatever the hell it is. You know, there's this thing called a protagonist. And, I, I, yeah, that's that's all I could think of. That's, I mean, the, the, he's he's... He's he's a cardboard cutout of a human being. Yeah, Granted, a good looking one. I mean, no, but that, like, that that's a. I think that's a very good way to enter that that like um, where that comes from because I, I think in one of my um, posts I, I mentioned that or comments. Um, so I've been like you know I've been doing a lot of meditation in recent years the Sam Harris app thing and and uh, also like listening to a lot of talks about consciousness and and everything and and it's funny because today I was listening to one about like something with like he was talking to like a neuroscientist that he's worked with in the past and they're talking about the brain 
And, um, and it's funny because they relate to um, when they talk about consciousness and the self and all these things, like the, the things that make up who you are, um, they often refer to it as that you're the protagonist of your life. So my argument is, is that this movie is, is basically about the nature of consciousness. Like, and that's why he's a like cardboard cutout. Like, not, not really. It's also because he's a special agent. And special agents tend to be like, you know, it's, it's, they're not James Bond. Like, in reality, they're actually like, you know, they're, they're very solitude because they have to be or they, they have to like hide their identity so their family is not like in danger. Um, they're, they're very like, you don't know much about them. And, and yes, it could be partially Jason's argument. I agree that like simplifying the characters helps you see the, what, what is it, the, the, the tree for the forest, like, you know, yeah, yeah. the forest for the trees. Um, so it, it's kind of like it simplifies because then you just, if you look back and just see the structure, like what this whole movie is trying to do and it's hinting at it with the name of the lead character is that it's, it's, it's exploring the concept of consciousness of everybody in it, specifically the protagonist, but but also the um, the a consciousness of of the bad guy or the foil, like the woman. Like everybody has their needs and wants. They're very thin, but that's really all you need if we're talking about like like our archetypes and if we're talking yeah. about things that are supposed to be like. Don't focus on them too much. It's kind of like Dunkirk, only not exactly. And it's kind of like Memento, only not exactly. It's a combination of the two. Like Memento, you, you, you can't really relate to it moment to moment because it's too confusing. But it's supposed to be that way because he's putting you in his shoes. He's confused himself. He doesn't know what's going on. He's yeah. going, uh, going along with things. Quick question. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, Matt, what... Uh, is there have you read something or or is there something in the movie that i missed like um wh why why are you pronouncing the character name the way that you did i mean I, I i'm i'm really bad at spelling but while we're sitting here talking about this i looked it up and it, it looks like it's just spelled protagonist is there a specific reason why you were saying it the way you you did uh, uh, protagonist uh yeah it, it's just a reference to red letter media Okay, all right. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't like missing something. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they're. Uh, they're I thought he was yeah, just making yeah. the joke. Yeah. Yeah, but no, the it, it was in response to uh, the Star Wars prequels. You know, like you know, uh, you know, there used to be this thing called in story yeah. called a protagonist, and so on yeah. and so forth. Uh, but. No, um, I, I just, I just wasn't sure if you were referencing something or if there was just something in the actual movie that I just like totally. Yeah, no, no, I was just, I was just referencing something. Um, yeah. So, uh, okay, I, I, I actually think that there's a, a, a point to be made here, though, um, which is, okay, here's why, I, it, look, Dunkirk doesn't have any characters with any memorable names. I mean, I don't even know if any characters in Dunkirk actually had names. Right. <laughs> I, and I, you know, I probably, between seeing it in theaters, seeing it from the booth and, uh, you know, watching it at home, I've probably seen it like 50 times. I still can't name a single character in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, 
Dunkirk, and I said this when Dunkirk came out. I said it while I was still working projection on it. Dunkirk went full Soviet movie. Right. In, in the way that it was presented. You weren't supposed to latch on to any one character. It was a it was a movie about one nation against another. It was it was a movie about one nation's accomplishment. Yeah. It was a story of collective accomplishment. You weren't and and every character in that movie was supposed to be a bit of an archetype. It was supposed to be, yeah, uh, you know, so, something that just represents something bigger. Um, and he went full bore with that in Dunkirk. Yeah. Um, and, and then you compare that with Memento, where, uh, which I think is more relevant to Tenet, where Leonard Shelby. Like you're supposed to kind of be looking at the world through his through his own brain. And so it is confusing. So it is hard to kind of interpret things moment to moment. Uh, but you still get a sense of who Leonard Shelby is. Yeah. So there there is a vicarious aspect to memento. That's mis- that that think, perhaps missing. Right. That I think is lacking in Tenet. You know, I, I, I can't live vicariously through protagonist in Tenet I, because I don't know who he is. I don't know why he's doing anything that he's doing. I, 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 I have no sense of, you know, his being outside of well, there's this looming threat and, and he's trying to, and he's trying to vanquish it. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, uh, yeah, if somebody's trying to, you know, destroy the world, you know, uh, yeah, I, I mean, anybody would want to stop that if you could, but that doesn't really tell me about him as a human being. Well, if, um, if I could, I was going to say, because this is fresh in my mind, because I, like I said, I just watched the first 30 minutes in that first conversation he has with the guy who he says tenant for the first time on the boat. Yeah. Uh, they, I think in their eyes, they were using that whole first scene and, and that conversation and the setup and everything to say, this is the kind of person he is because, um, you know, many people have, have been through what he was through and didn't die. They didn't die for the cause and they didn't do whatever. So we're supposed to, from that point on go, this guy is that dedicated. He's that whatever. But my problem is, isn't the, the, the manner in which they did all that. I just feel like maybe it would have been better if we had something before that to show me why he's that dedicated. Oh, well, why he is the way that he, yeah. that he is. No, he I, but I, 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 I yeah. say a lot of people wouldn't have made it as far as you just did. You know, yeah, you're like I, one of few. Like, yeah, what, why? I mean, give me a, well, something from his childhood that made him, give him, that gave him such resolve, something. I don't know. Just, I don't well, even know. Something. I, I mean, I would basically say that for such a visual geni- genius that Christopher Nolan is, there's a lot more say it and take it because, uh, and take it as truth because I said it rather than showing it 
in this movie, yeah. you know, by comparison to his previous works. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll say this, like, I think that um, he, um, the reason why they selected him is because he was willing to sacrifice himself. He was willing to die for the mission. And that was the kind of mission that he was in, where emotion couldn't be involved in the process. Kind of like, you know, um, why did they choose Brad Pitt for, you know, like Ad Astra is because he can, like, his pulse doesn't go above a certain, like, you know, thing because he's always, like, very, like, stoic, very, um, like, level-headed. So he's good for that mission. I think that's what's going on here. It's just that Ad Astra was all about his personality and his relationship to his father and everything. But this movie is about something different. It's like they needed a specific type of person because they needed someone who just goes along with thing and to relate it things to, to relate it to another movie is No Country for Old Men. I recently rewatched it, and uh, and again going back to the whole meditation and consciousness thing, it's the whole argument for like no free will. Like No Country for Old Men and Tenant, for that matter, are two movies that are very strongly of the opinion that things happen to us. We don't make things happen. We just react to them. And, and we're, it's only within our capabilities and our DNA, whatever the universe put into us, um, that we're capable of providing the right reactions to survive another day. And he was just the human with the correct algorithm to make it work, at least as far as their calculations. Uh, and that's that's what it was. And, and then the rest of it, why we didn't get too much into it, into his childhood and everything, why? Because maybe it doesn't matter because all it is, do we get into like, um, you know, the characters in No Country for Old Men's childhood? No, it doesn't matter because it's all moment to moment showing well, I, like- I, That was just an example I was using. I mean- it, Oh yeah, it, yeah. For old men, we get a lot of character development. Not that much. When you think about it, they're very, very simple motivation. One is trying to 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 create order, to like you know keep the order. One is just trying to survive. Like he sees a bag of money, he just grabs it. He doesn't know why. He knows it's the wrong thing to do. He knows he's gonna screw up his life by grabbing that bag, but he just does it. He doesn't even know. He can't explain it. He, you see him thinking that it's a stupid idea, but he still does it. And then one is just like, you know, programmed to to have an honor code. So they're basically three automatons, each doing their own thing, um, and uh, at, at the mercy of the universe and and consequences that are beyond their control. So I well, I, I really feel like Tenant is kind of the same thing, only only uh, on steroids because it's got the whole because but essentially what it is, it's a movie about your future self selecting yourself for a mission, which is technically impossible time travel wise, but basically what happens in the movie is that the future self of the protagonist, who's a you know, uh, you know time travel expert at that point in time, selects himself because he knows he's the best person for the mission and he knows himself better than anyone else. So he can influence, he can TikTok, like this, the yeah. the the sequence of events by implanting one of his agents, uh, what's his face, Robert um, Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. If he implants the, him in the right moments along the way to help him, uh, to help himself to get where he needs to go, he's basically re-engineering the past to to make it work to avoid the disaster that you know. 
can come from this technology and whatever. So that's essentially what the movie is about. Um, and, and it's kind of brilliant. It's it's kind of amazing, but, but it ultimately, it's not pointless. It's not just action for the sake of action and cleverness for the no. sake of cleverness. It's saying something about like, what is the essence of the self? Like, what does it mean to be a human being, a protagonist of your own mind? Are, are you in control? Are you at the wheel or is someone else? You know, that's like in this specific yeah. case, his future self was at the wheel. Uh, but, you know, not in the movie, um, not, not in the movie world. Most of us are, are just basically governed by things that are outside of our control, whether it's the universe or DNA, and we're just going along with it. And, and Tenet is kind of like a cool representation of that, you know, while using the whole like cleverness of like time travel and all that. But that's essentially what the, what the movie is about. And that's why I liked it a lot. I don't think it's as good as, say, like No Country for Old Men or or some of these other movies that talk about Memento, for example, that that illustrate, like, put you in the shoes of the character. Um, they're not super relatable necessarily, but but at the end of the thing, like Mulholland is a Mulholland Drive is another one of those. Like 2001: right. A Space Odyssey is another one of those. That you have characters that you don't really relate to. You don't even like that much. But at the end of the movie, if you go back and you put all the pieces together, you're like, wow, this is kind of brilliant. Like if you look at it as one big structure, it actually really comes comes all together really nicely um, in spite of the flaws that seemed like flaws at the time. But but maybe, like we said, inten maybe intentionally they're there to to help that that you know but uh, to help us perceive the structure more and focus less on character just like he did with dunkirk he did here but just not it's not that you're supposed to not follow him you are mostly following the protagonist's uh, journey but he's supposed to be pretty simple of a character enough so you can just plop your eyes into his eyes like you're seeing things through him you're not supposed to see him you're supposed to see what's going on because you're, you're in his shoes. You're not you're not trying to to relate to him. You're trying to relate to the action. So that's why he's that simple of a character. But I'll I'll concede that if you don't understand that that's what's going on, that that's the gist of the movie, then you're completely off the rails and and you've never gotten on and 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 it's just not going to happen. So so I totally understand why it's a polarizing movie. Well, I. I, I... I, I, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I understand your perspective. Um, I, I still think that it, it, it it's one of those things where, like, it, you know, I, I'm just having a flashback to film school when somebody, you know, screened a really, like, bad movie, and somebody just asked him like well why is the lighting so flat and like, oh well that was intentional is well you know yeah it might be intentional that doesn't make it right <laughs> you know uh <laughs> and, um you know and again you know like you know dunkirk is not a really good comparison because again you know you take uh you know Harry Styles' character in in Dunkirk or something, and if you tried to make Dunkirk and say, okay, well, 
we're going to take Harry Styles' character and tell the entire movie through his eyes. It's a shit movie. Like it, 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 oh, it'll be an okay movie. It just wouldn't be Dunkirk, but it, it would right. be a, a decent it, it movie. It wouldn't be a very good movie, you know, yeah. because it's a very thin character. Dunkirk worked because it was an ensemble. No Country worked because it was an ensemble, you know. And even with No Country, I mean, you know, I I I was thinking, you know, while you were talking, uh, you know, there's that scene in No Country where, uh, you know, uh, Ed Tom was asked like oh well you know the the dea or whatever uh, you know was going out to the uh you know the scene of the shootout again uh they wanted to know if you would go with them and ed tom is just like did did any new bodies accumulate out there no well then i guess i can skip it and and just in that brief line of dialogue ed tom becomes a more complete character than protagonist ever was <laughs> i mean you know I, I mean even with there being uh you know this, this this theme that i think you're correct about gil um of you know a lack of free will of you know we're basically responding to stimuli that's happening happening around us on a regular basis um and and, you know just trying to survive and you know so much of how we do things are just impulses in our brain still like those impulses in our brain are attitudes even if they are all prior causes which i do believe that they are uh you know that's still that's still character and I think that's something that Tenet ultimately lacked overall in its main character. I mean, you get who Ed Tom is as a human being, even if he doesn't have any free will, even if he's just, you know, navigating whatever's happening to him outside of his control, you still get who he is. Well, okay. Um, aside from the uh um the characters you know being uh developed as much or as little as they were i know that's what you started with matt um you know mentioning that that was like kind of like a quintessential way of wrapping it all up uh were there other major things that maybe perhaps like uh were problematic for you oh i i I wouldn't say i i wouldn't say that there were like really moments uh aspects I, I, I there were there were a few moments that bothered me i, I mean again I, I i actually do think that that scene you know where they're demonstrating you know the, the bullet uh you know going back into the gun and everything actually would have been more powerful uh if they had done something with her like popping popping it out of the chamber rather than showing it back in uh, back in the clip which is not how guns work but i, I mean i i think that actually there they actually there was actually a missed opportunity there but i mean that's just nitpicking uh you know one thing but i mean my general criticism of the movie uh overall regardless of character 
And, well, that's the thing I can even say regardless of character. Because character is kind of important. Uh, But uh, regardless of all that, it's just, well, I think that it's a movie that valued theme over story. And and it's weird because I'm usually somebody who's really into looking into the underlying themes, looking into the underlying ideas. I mean, one of my favorite things about a, a movie like Minority Report is that it deals with issues of free will and, you know, the ethics of, you know, is it okay to maybe make the mistake one, once or twice of throwing somebody in prison who might have turned out to be innocent if you can just get rid of murder entirely. Like, there are ethical ideas implanted in, you know, movies like Minority Report that I find fascinating. But the thing is, with Minority Report, it was able to deal with those thematic ideas. It was able to deal with those ethical ideas without sacrificing the story. And I think that Tenet decided to go full philosophy on us at the cost of actually just telling a good story. Hmm. Yeah, no, and I I think I agree. Like, I I think based on the reaction that people had, um, and and of course, like, time will tell, um, because, you know, like 2001, for example, was like completely like just lambasted, like, um, um, and everybody was very critical when it came out, like uh, the most boring movie ever made, blah, blah, blah. And then 10, 20 years later, it's like, you know, best sci-fi, best movie ever. Like, um, um, it is very boring though. Uh, it's, it's, it is boring. Like I'll admit it. Like it's, it's basically a very slow movie but it's intentional like it's it's the idea of the movie but but again it's the same this is the question like for Mulholland Drive for example like uh, we had this discussion in film school like if you watch that movie it's kind of slow and the story is kind of cliche it's it's the the basic story of a Hollywood story like of wanting to come and make it big in Hollywood but it takes that story and flip flips it on its head like it it has two timelines and it's got a a dream sequence a huge like two-thirds of the movie is basically a dream sequence that is out of order and when when you much like 2001 once you break off those five six sections and you understand what each of them represent and how they connect 2001 is simpler than Mulholland Drive because it's in sequence um so it's not as confusing it's just so episodic that like you have to and there's nothing connecting the dots for you you have to connect it yourself which is what i think every good movie should be um yeah so those are like two examples of movies that like really you have to like connect those dots but once you connect them it's infinitely satisfying like it's to me it's more satisfying than most movies i mean like those two movies are like top 10 movies for me um but I'll, again, I'll concede Tenant is not a top 10 movie. It's not even a top 30 movie. Um, it's, if I put it in that category, it's all, only because I think it attempts to do something um, in that spirit 
but yes, yeah. uh, not not with as good of a, of a story, not um, with more flaws um, to its logic, and um, like I said, like character that might be lacking, even if it was on purpose. You know, there's characters that were lacking. The characters in 2001 are not interesting. Hal is the most interesting character in the movie, but again, that's on purpose. So yeah. I, I I don't know, like um, you know, what's um maybe on in Tenant, even though it was on purpose, was it the wrong call? Like, would the movie have been better or less polarizing, or maybe it will succeed? Like in 10, 20 years, it'll be lauded as like one of his best movies. Um, I, I don't know, but at the moment, I would put it as one of his best movies. Like, I think it's like top five for Nolan. Um, but but yes, it's not close to like you know, like top 20, 30, like best movies of all time. But but I, I just mostly I applaud him attempting this. You know, like there's like Aronofsky tried to do it with like The Fountain and like gloriously crushed, like just like, you know, smashed into the ceiling. Like he, he, he it just failed miserably. Like it, it's, it's a, it's a, an admirable movie and it's got some like really good things about it. It looks really nice and the music is amazing, but the story and characters are just like, you have to you hold your nose up. And, and it's too bad because there is like some really cool concept that's in there, but, yeah. but it just falls flat to me personally. So the fact that Nolan pulled like an Aronofsky and, and a Kubrick and a, and a Lynch and, and didn't completely spectacularly fail, not, not as bad as The Fountain, <laughs> then I give him credit for that. I think that's where I would end my, you know, my, um, my um, take on the movie is that the fact that it's, that it holds up in any possible way to some people is a success. Matt, yeah, I, and, 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 and wait, wait, I would agree with that, sorry. Uh, sorry, Jason. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. First off, which uh, which do you prefer, Tenet or The Fountain? Uh, me? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, Tenet. Um, okay. And yeah. <laughs> wow, he sounded so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought he was gonna go for The Fountain. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's the music uh, and the and the visuals are very good. Yeah, no, I, I mean, the, the Fountain looked better. The Fountain yeah. definitely looked better than Tenet, uh, yeah. but um, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I'll never get over that soap opera moment where, hey, Hugh Jackman, it turns out that you just discovered the cure for your wife's disease. Oh, shit, your wife just dies three <laughs> seconds later. I mean, <laughs> and the slow motion shot and all that. I mean, it's just such bullshit. It's awful. <laughs> I mean, the, the movie the movie looks so good and it sounds so good and there's so much that should have gone better in every way that wasn't technical about the fountain <laughs> coming off the heels of requiem for a dream yeah uh well i mean but i mean that's the thing with aronofsky he he makes great great shit great great shit great yeah, great shit for, yeah. all, for all we knew, it was just going to always be great. Yeah, yeah. But every third movie is going to be awful. Uh, okay. okay, so, Matt, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gil, Gil said somewhere in the top five, where do you put Tenet 
in uh, Christopher Nolan's ranked filmography? Well, let's see. You don't. You don't have. It doesn't have to be an exact location. Just kind of give us a general idea. Uh, I would put every Batman. I, I would put um, both Batman Begins and The Dark Knight ahead of it. I wouldn't put Dark Knight Rises ahead of it. Uh, Memento is definitely ahead of it. Dunkirk is ahead of it. Um, Inception is ahead of it. And I didn't like Inception all that much. Um, <laughs> I, Insomnia is ahead of it. Wow. Following is ahead of it. So now we need to count. This is like a top 10 or it's uh, out of the top 10. <laughs> How many no, movies did he make? I think he's only made like 11 or 12. And... Yeah. 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 Uh, I guess bottom line is pretty, pretty, pretty low. Um, okay. I'm, uh, I'm, third. I'm pretty <laughs> much in line with that, I'd say. Like, um, yeah. not because I disliked the movie that much, just – I like his other movies so much more. Well, well, I, think, well, I mean, he, he's a great filmmaker. There's no way well, around. Oh, um, I know that. But, you know, I would <laughs> say that the Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight Rises, and um, I really like Insomnia, but I don't think I liked it as much. I think there's redeeming qualities of of Tenet that put it, it a, a little higher for me, and um, I. But I, I'd put it in near the same place you did because i mean i do think the following and interstellar and the first two batman movies and memento that's five right there i, I would say all five of those are are better in my opinion yeah it, it, it it's just following the following is that tv series with kevin bacon I, I always, <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, you know <laughs> actually the the you know, I, I, I have to kind of, you know, bring this up, though, like, uh, uh, you know, Gil bringing up 2001 uh, A Space Odyssey. I, I couldn't help but also connect to, uh, you know, The Tree of Life. You know, like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, that's close. Yeah. That's also in that category. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, and you both know that I'm a, I'm a huge Terrence Malick fan. But and I, I am stealing this from somebody, I think. I think that is somebody that we went to college with. I just don't remember who who specifically it was. But uh, after uh, To the Wonder came out, he just kind of said, um, you know, watching a Terrence Malick movie is like getting stranded in a forest with a bunch of people. The scenery is beautiful, and you always leave with fewer people than you came in with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I can't really refute most of what Gil is saying about Tenet, um, but insofar as, like, you know, the reality of, um, you know, well, objective reality, uh, I, I guess there's just fundamentally a right way to do a movie with really boring characters or really thin characters and a kind of prodding methodical pace and still do it right. And the way to do that, I think is 
the way Kubrick did it in 2001, the way Terrence Malick has done it in movies like The Tree of Life or Thin Red Line or uh, The New World, uh, to a lesser extent, Days of Heaven. I mean, Days of Heaven was only like 90 minutes, so you know you, you didn't have to sit in the theater for that long. But I mean, it just seems like those movies are successful because they create this experience of instead of the movie stimulating you by fast cuts, spectacle, quips, you know, like, you know, basically being the anti-J.J. Abrams. You know, like, you know, these are the movies that are the anti-J.J. Abrams. Uh, you know, they just wash over you. You know, you, you feel like you're in a, a, a wave pool of cinema <laughs> when you're watching these things. It's, it's gentle and it's beautiful and you're just letting it happen. You're just letting the experience, you know, permeate through you. And that's what Terrence Malick does well. That's what Kubrick did well. And I mean, you know, I'll, I, one thing is Terrence Malick doesn't always succeed. Like, you know, to, to, he succeeds to one degree or another, depending on the movie. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah. not it's not yeah. as if he always gets it right. Like I I think only yeah. half his movies get it right. So it's tough. Yeah. It's not easy to pull right. off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's not as consistent as Stanley Kubrick. I mean, like I I mean, you know, if I'm drunk and tired, I could turn on Barry Lyndon and sit and watch that three hour movie and stay awake. Okay. And and I have no. <laughs> idea how i could do that uh because it is not the most entertaining movie ever it's just a movie that washes over you it's just and it's very I, deliberate yeah it's, it's very yeah. thought it's it's really a thought right. through but i'll let you finish your point before I, yeah mm -hmm. yeah but 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 the thing is like Tenet never actually made the attempt to be a 2001 or a tree of life or uh a new world or you know the new world or uh, anything like that i mean it it, it I, and i think that's the that's the thing you know like i i think that usually movies succeed best when they just say screw it we're going to go full bore on this you know like this is this is going to be yeah, this is going to be a methodical, deliberate, slow movie, or this is going to be a full Tarkovsky. This is this this is going to be a movie that frustrates you to no end. You know, uh, you know, in terms of the crazy stuff that we're throwing at you from minute to minute, like Mother or something, or or, or, or Requiem for a Dream. You know, like go full bore with it, and Tenet seemed to be Christopher Nolan's deviation from that in that he he didn't seem to go full bore with anything. See, I, know, I it, do I, I do wonder because everything as I'm listening to you saying all that stuff, every single line to me describes 
tenet. Like it, it's from my perspective, and I totally understand that we agree on uh, that we disagree on this, and it's and and I, I I also understand why because like we said, if you don't get on the rails, you're just you you're never there with it. Um, like to me, that's what that movie is. It's just that Nolan decided to package it in an action movie because that's his shtick. Like that's what he does. Uh, but but ultimately, uh, it's essentially it is a tree of life. It, it is like a two thousand one. It, it's just that it's packaged in a spy movie that just throws so much at you that's really captivating if you're on the ride with it. But if you never get on, then then it's just a dumb popcorn movie. Like it, it's it's a, the equivalent of watching a horrible action movie. Because if you never get on the uh, on the ride, like if you never like are going along with what's what's going on there, it, it you're just lost. Like you, the, the more the more you're not with it, the more you're lost. Because it's such a confusing movie that you cannot like if you if it's the kind of let's say it's for one thing it's the kind of movie that you cannot go pee and come back like it's just there's no place to do that (laughs) no absolutely yeah so it's it's and again i'm and i'm not like and and i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with people that have like that don't get off the on the right i i do think that he could have done better you know to have that on ramp be um slightly easier maybe not as like not throwing you into it like but maybe like building it into it and maybe the device the 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 using the 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 time travel like rewind device maybe that was throwing a bit too confusing of a thing but but i think that's that was the whole point of the movie like without that you don't have a tenant um let me um let me like uh throw something out here real quick is it possible that all along from the beginning, Christopher Nolan's intention was to try and make a movie that would be kind of like the perfect movie, you know, to make a movie that gives you that movie going experience that Matt was trying to describe, um, uh, where, you know, the, the Terrence Malick, you know, um, uh, what was it uh, Tree of Life or whatever movie experienced the um, you know uh, 2001 whatever where you you leave the theater feeling like something washed over you you know the catharsis is so real and and the the concept is so high that you're like thinking about the movie for days afterward and it's like affected you in some crazy way you know um, the the kind of stuff that uh you know you might say he succeeded with in some movies and not so much some of the others uh but maybe he was trying to go for something that substantial and that heady and create a movie that is not particularly easy you know to to grasp but that you feel that much more you know accomplished when you when you do you know make it through the whole thing and yet at the same time pack it with so much uh spectacle and so much eye-popping like wow awesomeness and this crazy sci-fi concept um that it would just be you know um accessible to mainstream audiences even if they weren't quite getting what he was going for but then in trying to do that maybe we we 
it may be the end result, I would say, just from my thoughts, having listened to both of you, maybe he didn't quite get the substance that he was going for, or if he got it, maybe he didn't get to really delve into that concept as freely as he would have if he had made a slow, methodically paced film about it that focused more on that. Um, and maybe the spectacle suffered a bit on the other side because there was so much in the movie and we just didn't quite get those moments that would have humanized the characters a little more and made them a little, you know, ma made us care a little bit more about what was happening and, you know, just little things like that. You know, maybe both sides of what he was trying to achieve didn't quite work out as well as he would have liked or as well as we would have liked. But maybe that's what he was going for, was to try and create that, that you know, crazy, you know, uh, middle ground or something like that. Yeah, no, I think he ultimately was trying to do the Nolan version of an art house movie. Like the Nolan version of a 2001, a Tree of Life, um, Mulholland Drive. Like he was, he was trying to, um, uh, it's like, I'm the action guy. I'm like the big blockbuster movie guy. But I really want to make this high concept thing about like the nature of consciousness, the nature of time, the time is fluid, consciousness is fluid, the self is an illusion, like all these like high concepts um, that even touched on a little bit like, you know, in Interstellar with like time and, yeah. and reality's fifth dimensions, fourth dimension, whatever that was, which was also didn't really work, but it's fine. It was still like a better movie, I would say, um, than Tenet, um, but um, it worked better moment to moment. Um, but but yes, but maybe Kubrick, um, and even Kubrick is debatable because, you know, as we hear Jason, like Barry Lyndon and 2001, he doesn't find that nearly as interesting oh, as oh, we oh, do. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just, uh, just for clarity, in case anybody ever listens to this, let me just say, I really enjoy Barry Lyndon. And oh, yeah, yeah. 2001, I appreciate the movies a lot. But unlike Matt, I could not watch either one of those movies if I was tired. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. And the funny thing is, when I was yeah. a kid, I I couldn't sit through two thousand and one and not fall asleep. Now, I can. One time I watched in the theater and I and I I drank a bit and I did fall asleep, but that, that was just the alcohol. It's not. I usually get a high to watch two thousand and one, and and I'll do that soon. But but to to drink when you watch it, that's not helpful. Um, but uh, it was just a bad experiment. Um, but because it was a midnight screening too, which is a terrible idea. Um, so in, in any case, yeah, so, and, and, I, and we totally get it. And this is ultimately what this is about. It's like all these movies that Matt was saying that you're supposed to let them wash over you. They're not as engaging as other movies. Uh, they're very similar to like a lot of foreign films play that game where they're not about trying to engage with you. You have to engage with them. You have to decipher their grammar and then la their language because they're not going to give you the generic grammar and language of a, a, a generic hollywood movie because yeah. that's boring because that's been done so many times let's try something different and, and that's what you know the kubricks of the world you know the terence malick and some of these other people aronofsky um, and sometimes they fail so and this is i think the point that we ultimately agree on is that tenant is a success in some ways in some people's eyes, but it's a failure uh, in other ways. Like it's even a failure to me because if it was a success, then it would probably be his best movie. If if I was putting it in the same category as 2001 and Mulholland Drive, because to me, those two movies are their respective directors' best movies. Um, so it's definitely not a, a slam dunk, 
um, probably for all the reasons that you mentioned, like probably there were some tweaks that he could have done that could have made it better. And, and who knows, he might've done other tweaks that might've made it, made it like, you know, his, the fountain, like it could, it could have been that bad. So, so, so yeah, I yeah. think ultimately, I think we generally agree that it's not a slam dunk, but, but it's just that I personally admired the attempt so much that I, I hold it in a higher regard, which there is something kind of, um, there's a, it's, it's a bit of bullshit. I, 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 I accept that, that like, I am forgiving the movie more than I maybe should for some reason, because I I had a strong connection to like what it was attempting to do. But, but I gotta say like, you know, uh, when the movie was over, like me and my wife were like talking for like a long time. Like it, it was like a lot to talk about. It was really interesting. And you know, when a movie does that, you, you got to give it some props, even if it wasn't moment to moment, like as exciting as like, you know, the dark, the dark, the dark night or even inception, even though I don't like it as much, but you know, even if it's not as exciting moment to moment, the fact that it made you like, look what we're doing now, even though we're debating it, not so much like, you know, talking about like the, we yeah. talked a little bit about what was involved there. There's yeah. more to it, of course, but like, but it's, it's, there's some, there's a lot there. Like it's, it's admirable. Um, but yeah, but ultimately it's probably going to fall where it's supposed to fall. Like, you know, not a slam dunk, but some people appreciate it. Um, some people maybe on a second and third rewatch, like will you know appreciate it more, but still will never consider it like a you know a top five or like one of the best movies for those reasons. Probably for those reasons, like if you had those reactions, and then there's probably a reason for that. But yeah, it's it, it's it's just admirable. I, I'm just glad I'm glad he made it. I'm just glad he went in that direction and not yeah. like. And it, it didn't regress in any way, even though it's regressing as far as success. But I, to me, it's like progressing as far as like being an adventurous filmmaker. And, yeah. and, and the, the, this really is where we, we do agree, especially with the abortions of movies that we've seen, like, you know, the remake of Milan, The Rise of Skywalker, you know, just like, uh, well, basically everything from Disney. Uh <laughs> And and that's why I wanted that is part of the reason why I wanted to love this movie. It is because it's a two hundred million dollar movie. That's an original screenplay. That's an original idea. That you know, it it's not coming from source material. It's not a remake. It's not rehashing old bullshit from others from uh, you know something else. Yeah. Like, he he took a risk, and I laud him for that. I will laud him to my dying day for that. <laughs> I think that it is wonderful that this movie exists, <laughs> uh, and there should be more movies like this. I wish there were more movies like this. I wish that there were more people taking these risks and given the opportunity to take these risks. <laughs> uh, the movie just fell short to uh, fell short for me in a lot of ways. And uh, I mean, I love almost everybody involved. Uh, I mean, like 
even Robert Pattinson. I mean, like I, I, I thought that he was just a, a brain dead pretty boy for years. And then he was in good time and the lighthouse and, you know, now he's in this and Holy crap. That guy can act. <laughs> you know, like he's really yeah. good. Uh, Hoyt von Hoidma, he's, He's really good. I, I mean, you know, Wally Fister has to be kicking himself in the ass for retiring. <laughs> you know, for deciding, oh, you know what? I'm not going to be a DP anymore. I'm going to direct uh, this really crappy movie with, uh, with, with Johnny Depp and, you know, just kind of fall into the shadows. I mean, you know. Uh, I, I, I also uh, really... Yeah. Um, the, even though he's in the movie for like four minutes and stuff, um, I really liked Aaron Taylor Johnson at the end. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I I know it's not going to happen, but considering that Nolan so badly wants to make a a, a James Bond movie, if um, Daniel Craig ever you know finally decides to actually you know uh, retire like he keeps threatening to every time he makes a movie, um, you know like. I would love for them to just give Christopher Nolan the the reins and let him use uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. He's the perfect age for it. And this was the first movie I'd ever seen him in actually speaking a British accent. Yeah, I, I, I'd be all for that. I mean, it would definitely be better than just making the next Bond, a, you know, a black woman. Uh, I mean, I still haven't seen, you know, none of us have seen that movie yet, but I still think that that's, I don't, I don't think that they're trying to like, well, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't look in the trailers to me, like that was the direction they were taking like a spinoff thing and making a whole series of stuff with her, but who knows? Maybe we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm not getting that impression either. It just seems like they're trying to castrate Bond, but I don't know. I, we're all speculating at this point. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean that's a digression and uh, discussion for another. Yeah, so, but the one thing I will say, to, like maybe uh, it's a good place to wrap it up, is that like the one thing I will say is that the the type of hate that I think Tenet gets on online that I think is unwarranted is like that people who didn't like it or or didn't get it have this like notion that like anybody who got any percentage of what was going on in that movie and and even liked it remotely is is just like you know full of himself like he is like you know that the movie like doesn't make sense at all like the movie is actually fairly simple like there's i'm sure there's more to it and i'm sure i didn't catch all of it because i just saw it once but i really feel like movies should be made that if you're an avid movie watcher you should be able to watch it once and get the gist of it, even if you don't yeah. get all of it. And yeah. I, I think I got the gist of it and I was satisfied and I'm, I'm yeah. going to rewatch. I'll, I'll get more of it, but it's, it's not that complicated. It really isn't. It's just moment to moment as you're being exposed to this world. Like yeah. 2001 is kindergarten storytelling. Like <laughs> w- once you watch it like a second and third time, you're like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, why didn't I get this the first time? Yeah. Like Woody Allen, like, famously said, like, that he watched it and hated it. And then every time he watched it again and again, he loved it more and more. And he realized, like, this was the first time in his life that the filmmaker who was making the movie was so far ahead of him. Like, so, like, in a different, like, time and space with his storytelling skills that, like, he was humbled. Like, he was just, you know, so which is crazy because like that movie is so simple. 
so so it's it's amazing how something as simple as what's going on in Tenet or Mulholland Drive, like any of the movies that we brought up, it's so simple. It's just that like when you first watch them, it, it could be deceivingly complex, you know. Um, it, along yeah. those lines, I will say this because I do think that's a good a good area to kind of like uh, come to uh, an end with. But um, in talking about how simple it is and how people have a problem with it and everything. I would say that one of my biggest issues with the movie really was the um, on a on a base level. Forget about the story because I agree with you that that if if you really really try, it it is pretty simple and you can kind of like piece it together. But um, the, when you're making a movie with you know stuff that it, that you know is larger than life and and you know uh, science fiction especially and stuff like that, you know you, you got to have rules and. He he definitely there's problems with Inception, but he explained the rules pretty well in mm. Inception. You know, um, Interstellar has some weird stuff at the end, but it all makes sense. I mean, I don't I don't really think it would work that way, but at least it seems to make sense within the framework of the movie, at least. You know, and there's a few things that are kind of stupid in that movie, too, but it's like it pretty much makes sense um, when it comes to the rules of this inverting stuff um they they do not even try to explain it nearly as well as those two movies or plenty of other movies that have some weird stuff in them yeah no i mean that's uh it's a discussion i i saw one thing uh, i was looking it up like uh, before we spoke and uh oh no it wasn't even it was just randomly on facebook there was like a comment section but somebody said like why does she not have a mask when she goes back when she inverts in time to to you know, to kill the um, uh, the Kenneth Branagh character, and you know what, I kind of don't know. Like, I'm sure that if I looked it up and I'll get the counter argument. I'm sure that there is some logic. Like, there's no way the whole climax of the movie is her going back in time to kill him before he's able to like you know set off this weapon or whatever. Um, so there's got to be some logic why she doesn't oh, need a mask. I could I could be wrong, but um, I I think I know what you're talking about. You're talking about at the end where um, where the regular her is on the boat, and and then she's there talking to him, having that conversation. Yeah, because if she's inverted, if you're inverted, so, you always need a mask. Okay, so the I um, <laughs> the reason behind that is because you don't uh, you can you can travel backward in time by inverting yourself and then and then you can start moving forward right you start moving forward you're back to breathing regular air again so um that, yeah so in other words the story is that that they're you remember that boat they were in that had that like that little sealed chamber and stuff that was all inverted air so it's like saying they spent enough time inverted on that boat that they w went back in time basically and then move and then went through the machine again off screen and now they're moving forward again yeah basically that's what it is and it's too bad i would have like you know replied to that comment there but like <laughs> but that, that's what it was is that like because obviously obviously the the robert pattison's character like he's always he's been, yeah he's, he's been always been from the future a of time in those things <laughs> he's just he needs to offshoot the present and then start moving forward to go along with the present but once you're going along with the present you can breathe the air it's only when you're because it's not time travel they're traveling they're rewinding the tape that's the only way yeah. so they have to be in this 
place or whatever it's like a cylinder or whatever to travel back into a moment in time uh, or they're in actual like space like in the actual environment they can do the same thing and travel back in time they just have to have a mask but once they stop the tape and then they start moving forward with everybody else they can take the mask off which is why yeah. she doesn't need it he doesn't need it whenever they're moving forward yeah yeah so i mean it's it, it's just really clever like who the hell would think of that like it's just like the fact that he like even said like yeah i'm gonna try this like i'm gonna try <laughs> to have this make sense like yeah. scientifically there's like something that is science that because apparently like there, there is like a scientific thing that says that this might be possible in some sort of universe kind of like the interstellar concepts so yeah. he took that and ran with it and was like yeah I can handle that. I'm smart enough to write a script that would actually make sense to some degree. It might not make sense completely, but I'll make it presentable. <laughs> like, it's just, can you, <laughs> there's no other filmmaker on earth. Like, if there was like, it's basically cool. He's like the modern day Kubrick. Like, you know, he's like the, like, uh, like as if Kubrick and Spielberg had like a baby. Like, he's the <laughs> smartest Kubrick, but he makes blockbuster movies. He like, he just, almost as accessible as Spielberg. Yeah, like it's it's yeah. crazy like that he can like think about that idea and it's like, yeah, I can do that. That's going to make sense. Like most people will just like have a draft or two and say like this just doesn't work. Like he found <laughs> a way to like make it work. And I'm sure that all those sequences, once you see them a second and third and fourth time, all of them make perfect sense because that fucker is so smart that he figured it all out somehow. And he thought it all through. It's it's amazing. Like I really tip my hat off to him. But but yeah. But still, like we said, you know, it doesn't mean that the movie is successful just because he's clever. Um, but but yeah, like it's. I mean, either way, you have to respect it. You know. It, yeah. It's, no, uh, he's on a different and, level. And, and I do. You know, like I I I think that. I really want to temper any of my negative comments about the film. Like I do respect the film. I do respect it. Uh, and uh, it, 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 you know, and again, like I said earlier, I wish there were more movies like it uh, and more people had the balls to do something like this. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, I think that's where we can at least converge here. Yeah. yeah. So. Good.